Good morning, church. And, you know, I'm happy to really share the word of God with us this morning. I pray that the service thus far has been really inspiring to us. I really want to welcome all our friends and relatives who are visiting this morning to our Sunday morning worship service. I pray that the lesson truly meets your needs and that you can leave from here inspired to walk with Jesus. You know, last week we started the parables and, you know, Gervais would have touched on uh, the parable of the weed. This week, I am going to do a lesson on the good shepherd and his sheep. Now, I don't say the parable of, okay? It says the, the, the good shepherd and his sheep. And we're going to be looking at this scripture this morning to really understand what Jesus was saying to the audience that he was telling these things uh, at that time. You know, this morning also, the, the, the title of the message is Lessons on Leadership. That's the title of the, the, the lesson this morning. And let's go into a short prayer as we go into starting the lesson this morning so that, you know, God could guide with his spirit through this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for blessing us with another day, another Sunday morning, where we can, you know, have the word of God shared to each one of us, to our friends and families who are visiting this morning. God, I pray that the word really meet our needs. The lesson that is being taught here would really meet our needs in every way possible. And I pray that your Holy Spirit guide me on what I say and how I say what I say. I thank you and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So we're going to be looking at John chapter 10, verse 1 to 18, okay? That's the scriptures we're going to be looking at this morning. And normally, the scriptures is read, but I want to go through each of them verse by verse as we discover what Jesus is saying. So first thing I want to say here is, what are the ways of a good shepherd? One, he cares for his sheep. Two, he enters through the, the gate. Three, when he calls, they listen. Four, he knows them by name. And five, he will risk his life to recover or protect his sheep. You know, all of the above is the ways of a good shepherd. And you know, the good shepherd loves his sheep. You understand? So I pray this morning that as we explore this, these verses, as we explore um, this lesson, we will truly be uh, guided by what Jesus shares here. And we're going to find out who he is speaking to. That's important to note. Who is Jesus speaking about and who is he speaking to? So let's dive in as we go. You know, Jesus is about to use this figurative speech from verse 1 to 6, describing to the Pharisees, Israel's leaders, the difference between a good shepherd and a hired hand. This, Jesus spoke here in parable to, to this audience that he was dealing with concerning this topic. And from verse 1 to 6, Jesus is speaking a certain way to them. I will ask this question. Do you think they understood him? Well, let's find out. And we're going to go straight into the script here this morning that deals with this. My first point, caring and uncaring. John 10, verse 1 to 2. And it reads, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. So, in John 10, verse 1 to 2, Jesus started off by identifying to the Pharisees that 
that entry is important. Entry is important. He points out two ways to enter. In verse 1, he started out by saying, climb by climbing in some other way, right? Climbing in some other way. And in verse 2, he, he also said, entering through the gate. You know, the one who enters some other way clearly is not the owner. Jesus points out that the, that points out that type of entry is taken by a thief or robber. They enter that way to not be recognized. They are filled with ill intent. You know, the good shepherd enters legally through the gate. What does this say? What does this signify? Care, relationship, obedience, recognition. In verse 3 to 4, as we go further down, it reads, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Hmm. You know, even though the good shepherd goes on ahead of them, they still follow. They still follow because they know his voice. You know, Jesus has gone on ahead of us. Are you hearing his words? Are you following what he says? He's gone on ahead of us. Are we like the description of the sheep here, where we are following, even though he has gone on ahead? Take note of this, because this is, a, this is an important point for us to, to take note of. You know, leaders, are you saying what you think? Or are you using the words of the Good Shepherd? Don't be insecure. The sheep listens to the shepherd. Say what he is saying, okay? Don't be insecure. If you are leading, say what the Good Shepherd is saying. And I will share an example of speaking the way God speaks and not saying what you think. In John 10, 35 to 41, we're going to deal with an issue here that prompted this entire um, chapter from 10, uh, but it goes right down to, to, um, to 21, right? But verse 9 is, chapter 9, sorry, is what's set up for, for Jesus to share what he shared in chapter 10 in the verses that precedes it. So we're going to pick it up from verse uh, 35 of chapter 9, okay? And the heading of it is spiritual blindness. And Jesus is going to touch on some of this back in chapter 10, okay? So let's, let's go through this. You know, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. This was a man that Jesus healed who was blind. And the Pharisees, they questioned what had happened to him. You know, they even called in his parents to, to question them. And they said, well, find out from the one who, who did this for him, you know. But they got upset when the man challenged them. And Jesus, when he was kicked out of the synagogue, found him and started to talk with him. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir, 
The man asked, Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Here is part. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. What an interesting conversation happening there. So, you see, care, when Jesus discovered the, the, the blind man who he healed and was able to see, who was kicked out of, of the synagogue, Jesus came to him, and you, you see here, Jesus, how much Jesus cared for him. You see, Jesus presenting himself to the man. You also see recognition of Jesus by the man. Belief, worship, because his eyes to his heart was open. Jesus didn't just open this man's eyes. He opened the man's heart to accept Jesus. You know, in verse 40 to 41, what do you see here? What do we see? Okay, well, the Pharisees responded. And they responded in a way where they started to talk about, are we blind too? So what do you see? And based on what Jesus told them, what do you see? I see pride, self-righteousness, blindness. Jesus replies, because you think you can see, you are blind. This was the condition of the Pharisees. The sin of pride remained with them. In Acts 9.8, Saul, who became Paul, a Pharisee, had to be blinded literally so his heart could open to the Lord. Remember Paul, who was breathing out murders, threat to the, the, the disciples? On his way to Damascus, Jesus blinded him. In conversation with him, Jesus blinded him. And Paul was taken to the, to the town he was going to so that he can get the help he needed. Jesus blinded him so he could sin. You know, I want to say, imitate the leadership of the good shepherd and God's flock will listen. Imitate him. We who lead, you know, have to learn from Jesus how he led who he was responsible for at the time. And by his example, we too can learn how to lead those who are putting our care to be led. But if we're doing it our own way, if we're doing it like the Pharisees whom Jesus challenged about the way they were leading the people, and this blind man really exposed their type of leadership, they did not care. They were more focused on questioning him, you know, than being joyful that this man is healed. But lesson to learn, lesson to learn. In John 10, verse 5 to 6, as we continue in the same passage we're reading, Jesus continued his parable to the Pharisees. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. 
Hmm. So, you know, parables are very difficult sometimes for, for people whose hearts are not clear on what is being said for them to understand. And they did not understand Jesus' parables, you know, based on what he was teaching them at the point in time. You know, Jesus is teaching to lead. One must not be a stranger to the flock, but the flock must feel cared for and fed by the leader. I want to say that. They must feel cared for and fed by the leader. You know, Jesus shared this with Peter in, in John 21, verse 15 to 17, when he was reinstating Peter. He, he shared some things with Peter that was very important for leaders to take note of and understand. Listen to what Jesus says to Peter here. It says here in verse 15 of uh, John 21, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I'm going to stop here. And Jesus reinstated Peter. Jesus keeps saying to Peter, every time you say, yes, Lord, I love you. Jesus keeps focusing on the sheep. On the lambs. He keep repeating to Peter, this is important to me that you feed and care for my sheep, my lambs. You think Peter got the message? I believe he did. And I'm going to share with you our next script here where Peter, because he understood Jesus on that day and he was, he was given the opportunity to lead Jesus' church, Peter in turn coming closer and closer to his death, uh, shared with some brothers and sisters, well, you know, the elders back in Asia Minor, some important advice on leadership. And we're going to pick it up in 1 Peter 5, reading from verse 1, 1 to 4. It says here, To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ, suffering who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock, that is, under your care. Watch over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Wow. You know, here it is. When Peter was being reinstated, Jesus said, feed my sheep. Here it is now. Peter is teaching the elders the importance of taking care of the flock. Peter encourages the elders to shepherd God's flock the way Jesus did. 
At that time, they were under the elders' care in Asia Minor. So he was speaking to the elders in Asia Minor about this. These are the things he encouraged them to do and not to do. He said, watch over them. Be willing. Avoid dishonest gain. Be eager to serve. Don't lower things over them. Be an example and care for them. You know, Peter shares with the elders the glory Christ will crown them with if they shepherd the flock with love and the crown will never fail. You know, after going through these verses in the parable Jesus was using to speak to Israel leaders at that time, do you think they got it? And I return to the question about the way Jesus shared these things. Did the Pharisees understood what Jesus was saying while speaking in parables? Well, my answer is no. They did not. You know, they did not. And it is sad when, you know, Jesus has to use figure of speech to help us understand or to relate something to people who are not being what they need to be. And, uh, you know, in some circumstances, when he spoke in parables, he did not clarify. In this case, Jesus goes on to tell them again. And my second point is, Jesus explains again. These will be in subpoints, all right? So the, 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 the main point is, Jesus explains again. But we're going to go through the scriptures in subpoints. So this is going to be subpoint one. And the subpoint is, Jesus, the way. So we're going to pick it up uh, in verse, in verse uh, 7, 7 to 10 of John 10. And it reads, Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Hmm. So, again, Jesus is explaining this to the Pharisees. And, you know, by the end of it, I don't know if they'll understand if they will get it. But as we journey through this, this, these passages, let's find out. In verse, so in verse 7 to 10, Jesus identified himself as the gate. This is important. This here is very important. He said before him was thieves and robbers. Hmm. To be saved, you must enter through Jesus. He is the gate. So before Jesus, he identified thieves and robbers. And those thieves and robbers <laughs> are the uncaring Pharisees. They are the uncaring Pharisees. And Jesus was talking to them that day. You know, Jesus also points out that in him you are free. You can come in and go out and find pasture. You know, through Christ, we are free. But the thing is, 
if leadership is not doing what the good shepherd wants for the leader to do, then, you know, the sheep will not be as free as Jesus is indicating here. He will make them. He will make them free. And free to go out and come in. Or to go to go to come in and go out. Sub point two. I am the good shepherd. Jesus declares, I am the good shepherd. So let's pick it up from verse 11 to 13. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So Jesus points out the difference between the good shepherd and the Pharisees, the hired hand. You know, the hired hand does not own the sheep. He does not, he doesn't care about them. When attacked, he runs away. A leader protects, fight for, and take risks with his own life for the flock. But they, when, when attacked, they run away. You know, Jesus declares, I am the good shepherd. And he willingly laid down his life for the sheep. What we see here is devotion from the shepherd. And what we also see is abandonment by the higher hand. Hmm. You know, leaders are to have a heart of care for others over themselves. Jesus sets the example in this area. Lead with love, not because you have to, because you are willing. You see, when we do things because we have to, we're not going to be our best. But once we are willing to do what God is asking us, we can, we can really strive to do our best. So we're going to go to sub-point three, knowing and being known. And we pick it up in verse 14 to 16. He says here, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Hmm. So what Jesus is saying here now? Again, Jesus repeats being the good shepherd. By now, the Pharisees must be fuming, but, but, but clearly, he is pointing out their lack of care for the people and inability to feed them the word. That is what Jesus was pointing out. Every time he keeps saying, I am the good shepherd. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus is saying, look man, I am going to take care of these people and I'm going to be supportive to them. Because you, you Pharisees, have not done it. What are some of the things Jesus, again, shows 
in, 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 in the ways of a shepherd. However, he turns his attention to what the good shepherd does. He knows his sheep and his sheep knows him, making comparison to him and the Father. You know, Jesus says, my sheep know me and I know them. You know, knowing his sheep means he cares. They are special to him. They are precious. The sheep knowing him means they feel his love, care, compassion, and protection. Also, how he loves being with them. You know, do you love being with the people you lead? Do you care for them? Are you protective of them? You know, I, I remember some years ago, um, I was living in a household in Belmont. And I've shared this many times, but I don't mind sharing this morning. You know, um, there was this guy who brought out to, to study the Bible one night. Brent and I was going up to the house in Belmont and we saw him standing right on Duke Street and he said, hey, interesting standing by me. He said, yeah, no problem. And we took him home. When Rice on our way, you know, we were encouraging him and, you know, he was really looking fired up about this. And uh, when we got home, you know, the brothers were hanging out. So we, we went with him in one of the rooms and we studied the Bible with him. When we did that, you know, we started to lie and just howl. But some of the brothers was a bit sleepy and tired and, you know, people started to just doze off and fall asleep. So he was still there that night at Brenton and he's watching us. We're not paying attention to because you think this man just opened to the scriptures. How naive. You know? But you know, we love doing what we did at that time. So another day, when he left and gone home and everything, another day he came to the house and he was sitting there. So I, you know, finished work, come home and saw him in the porch and asked him, hey, what's going on, man? Why are you here so early? What, what happened? And he said to me, I need to speak to, speak to I need to talk to you now. I said, All right, no problem, let's talk. So he sat right there in the porch and we started to talk. And he, he opened up to me about something that I just reacted a certain way. And I'm gonna share, I'm gonna share with you how I reacted. He, he told me, he said, um, you know, when I came by the night, um, whilst you all asked me to study the Bible and stuff, and I came to the house. You know, after we were done and we were just hanging out, I watched all of you guys just falling asleep all over the place. And in my heart, that's what he said. I wanted, I had a gun in me, and I wanted to rob every one of you all. Now, when he started saying those things to me, I was like, what? So he said, you know, so I just want to tell you, you know, that's what could have happened that night. I looked that guy straight into his eyes and I said to him, let me tell you something. If you touch one hair on the head of any of these brothers in here, the Lord will deal with you ever so severely. He pulled back. He said, no man, let me tell you something. Like, no, I am very frightened with what you're saying, but I was making no joke. I did not care that moment if he had that on him, but I was going to look him down into his soul and tell him, don't mess with God's people. We never saw him again. I don't know what became of him, but that, that day, I, I was willing to put my life on the line to protect my brothers. And that is what it takes to lead. I wasn't 
running away and going, no, you have to be a man to come to, to our house and, and, and have those kind of ideas in your mind. No way, sir. So Jesus, our Lord and Savior, you know, is that type of person. And he was pointing out to the Pharisees that, you know, they did not have that ability in them. And, you know, the sheep, as I shared, knowing him means they feel his love, care, compassion, and protection. Also, how he loves being with them. You know, Jesus is, is such a compassionate leader that he speaks of other sheep that was not of the sheep pen he was tending to, but said when he calls, they will listen to his voice and there will be one flock. Let people hear Jesus. You know, leaders, or if you study the Bible, people, let them hear Jesus. Speak to them as though Jesus is speaking to them. Get them to know Jesus. You understand? Get when when we when we when we study the Bible, people, or we even helping our brother or sister, get them to know Jesus. Let them see Jesus. Help form Jesus in them. These are the things that we have to do to help people. But we don't, we need not be, as Jesus pointed out, like the Pharisees who did not care. By subpoint four, God loves a compassionate leader. In verse 17 to 18, and we're gonna go there now, verse 17 to 18, it says, the reason my father loves me is that I laid down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I laid down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. So, the father loves his son because he loves the flock more than himself. He became the convict for our many sins, no matter what the sins. You know, Jesus shares, no one takes his life from him. He had authority to, to lay his life down and pick it up again. It was his decision to do this. You know, friends and family invited to this morning's service. And you have been coming for a while but not yet at the point of making a decision. Has anyone ever cared for, your, for you sorry, unconditionally? Without asking, he laid down his life for your wrongs. If you are still pondering if to surrender, ask yourself this, would anyone who claims they love you Lay down their life for your sins. I want you to ponder on that. If you're still hesitant, if you're still trying to decide, if you're still trying to make up your mind, ask yourself that question. If anyone who claims they love you lay down their life for your sins, think about it. You know, the Good Shepherd leads with love that the Father taught him. Anyone desiring to lead must learn from Jesus how to with love. They must learn from him how to with love. 
The Pharisees did not have God's love as leaders. They resorted to lording it over those they were responsible for. And, and Jesus on that day pointed it out. This is a lesson to whoever has the responsibility of God's flock. Become like the good shepherd, lead with love. And as we close off there this morning, I want you to, on your own, go down to verse 19 to 21. And I'll just give you a, a quick review of it. You know, people said things about Jesus when he was finished teaching this lesson. They said he was demon-possessed. Some defended him, but some had ill feelings towards him. Did they listen or hear what Jesus was saying? No. This morning, ask yourself, are you hearing what was shared, what Jesus shared to the Pharisees? And if you are leading, or you want to start leading, or you want to learn how to lead, follow the Good Shepherd. Brothers and sisters, I love you. Friends and families who are visiting, it is good to have you. Let's close off with a word. Father, we thank you, God, so much for your word. We pray that your word continue to strengthen us. I pray for all who are leaders in, in, in the church here in Trinidad and Tobago that we imitate the Good Shepherd and learn from him. Father, we pray that people who are under our care will feel cared for and feel fed by your word. We pray, Lord, that the church ready on make every effort to imitate Jesus' way of doing things. And we pray, God, that you bless us with the strength and the interest to do your will. Father, we thank you. We pray that you be with us throughout today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you for coming. Have a blessed day.